Hey guys, my name is Daniel and I am your host on the Let's Talk Retouching podcast. Follow along when we talk with industry professionals about all things post-production and retouching. I'm sure it will either be entertaining or educational. So please enjoy. Hey guys, what's up? My name is Daniel and you are listening to Let's Talk Retouching. As this is the first episode, let's talk what you can expect to get out of this podcast and what it will be about. So Let's Talk Retouching is meant to be a podcast, but also a video series in which we talk about all things retouching and post-production. Some of it will be interviews with industry professionals and other episodes. I might be talking about questions I get asked again and again. And again, my name is Daniel and I'm your host on this show. So let's talk a little bit about myself, how I came to retouching and how this podcast came to be. So let me start by saying I am a professional retoucher. My main focus has become beauty images, portraits and advertising with cosmetics, hair and basically all sorts of people-related advertising. The focus on beauty images came to be as I am super drawn and always been super drawn to faces and I also simply love doing skin retouching. But let's start way back when I didn't even know of the existence of retouches and didn't know about retouching being a thing haven't even considered picking it up. So yeah, let's talk about how I actually got into this stuff. I still remember when I was a child, I found everything technically interesting and tried to secretly take it apart without my parents' knowledge of it. And then later I built my first computer from other people's broken computers. And this was still before the days of Windows uh, 95. But fast forward a few years, when I was still in high school, I started playing guitar in bands. And I had a desire to learn to play the guitar since I was a little kid. But my parents somehow did not really support me. So later in life, I have sat down to learn it on my own without taking any classes. And it worked out relatively well for me. And aside from playing music, it also satisfied my desire for using gear and stuff. But then it mainly was kind of a creative outlet for me and a way to express myself. By that time, I also discovered Photoshop for the first time in my life. I think it was CS2 I had first copy of. And one reason for that was I was always eager to learn about all sorts of programs and applications that I could get my hands on and what I could do with them. The main driver, however, was the band. So we needed show flyers in the beginning and later we needed a logo and then to a later point we needed shirt designs and all that stuff and bad needs. But we haven't really had any money to pay someone else to do it. So it was on us to take care of all of that or it would not have happened. And the person figuring things out was somehow always me. So I remember spending hours and hours night after night trying to figure out how that Photoshop thing worked and to eventually come up with something we could use for our promotional materials. And today it still makes me laugh looking at the stuff I was creating or producing 
but for the time it was just good enough for what it was. And to give you a reference, I was just learning how to use layers properly and what pixel graphics were versus what a vector graphic is. And that stage or skill level should stick with me for quite some years uh, without further advancements. And I wasn't really getting better because my main focus was still the music thing. And I put all my interest into playing that stuff, uh, writing the music, um, trying to produce it with friends and stuff like this. So yeah, um, didn't make any process with Photoshop. So later in life, when I had finished school, it seemed logical to me to go into the field of IT with all the experience I already had with the computer and the stuff I've been doing for years without having a formal education in it. So I went to school and picked up a job, basically. And what I had studied was parts IT and parts electronics. And it involved uh, electronics, hardware, computers, networks, phone installations, audio electronics, um, data modulation and transmission, optical systems, printing, all that stuff that is more hardware based in the IT environment. And after the educational phase and the schooling, I got stuck in the printing industry and was working in hardware service, doing implementation and customer service in the B2B world for the larger printing brands like Konica Minolta, Canon, Xerox, Qsera. And that got me a lot of experience in the field of printing and color management. And I also got involved with uh, advertising agencies because many of them were our clients and we did the customer service for them in terms of uh, maintenance for their printers and helping out when they had problems with it. So when I was in agencies, I always were curious about the work they were doing and were asking questions when I got in contact with the designers. And that has grown my passion for uh, the creative industry as well. And yeah, I learned a lot about the printing industry, what expectations there are in the advertising world in terms of printing, their processes, their color management workflows, calibrations, how the profiles work. And like with a lot of things in life, I think I could accumulate a lot of knowledge over time and to a later point in life, use it for different purposes just because I had been curious all the time. But let's talk about that a little bit later. So I kind of got my job, which was super technical, but over time I lost my creative outlet, which was the band thing, because we had more breakups in the bands and I eventually got really fed up with having to deal with musicians looking for new members uh, to fill in with the band and it sucked all the drive and passion out of me. So I simply gave up pursuing it. But on the other hand, I at some point noticed what a big hole it left in my life. And for a while I haven't found any solution for filling that gap and how to deal with it. Because I obviously needed that creative outlet to balance out my more technical work life that I had. And I was realizing I really, really love playing with gear and acquiring gear and trying things out, all sorts of electronics and computer stuff. And I still love that and loved that back then, but there was no balance in my life and there had to be something for me, but it seemed not to be music anymore. 
And I remembered back when I was playing in bands, I always admired people taking stunning images at concerts. I like images in particular when they showcase a lot of movement through mixing flash along with long shutter speeds. Back then I surely had no clue what that meant because I had never really used a camera. And the only camera I ever had used to this point was a point and shoot film camera that I had when I was a child. The only buttons it had were uh, a shutter button and one button to turn on on or off flash and everything else it did whatever it did. Um, so photography was something creative, sometimes magical for me. And I have just admired people who could take good pictures. So at some point I thought maybe I want to try that out myself. And I was eager to find out about it and intended to approach it the same way I had approached learning the guitar, like 100% self-taught. And I still have never taken any photography classes. What was important for me always was not the matter of creating art, but going through the process of trial and error and eventually figuring out how things work. And I have always enjoyed this process of learning for how long I can remember in my life. And today I know how much this drive to gain fundamental understanding of different topics has helped me to become knowledgeable in many fields and later on to make use of this information again. This can be either direct use or it can be drawing from the information you have accumulated over time and make cross connections to different fields and different information. And then you can come up with new solutions without being taught how to solve problems. And after all, this approach and the knowledge I have acquired has enabled me to build a successful business for myself without having to rely on other people to build it. And I, for the most part, still do most of the stuff myself because I also like to be involved. But it also has put me in a position in which I am very comfortable sharing all that knowledge because I know some people do not enjoy the process as much as I have or still do. And they need someone to help them overcome their fear of getting started often. So I really like teaching and helping other people and seeing how they grow fills me with joy somehow. And also not proud of myself, but on the people achieving things uh, after you have kind of helped them to get there. But back to the photography topic. You can imagine I had sucked in photography. I mean, everyone ever did when they started out. And so did I. As I was not super keen on involving people at that time, I tend to take pictures of stationary objects and tried the kind of street photography you're not really supposed to do. And I still suck because I was mostly shooting in full auto mode and I continued to do so for quite some time, which is not a bad thing when you're starting out. And I somehow was afraid for quite some time to get away from auto mode because I was overwhelmed with all the adjustments you could make. At the same time as I had picked up a camera, I started studying web design on the side while I was working in my day job. I felt like working in a more creative industry might be more appropriate than doing all the technical work. 
So I went on venturing into the creative world by studying web design. I knew I would completely suck in graphical design or classical design um, because I simply have no talent for it at all. I still consider myself a really, really, really bad designer. So I went for a more obvious choice going into web design, which involved more coding than it has to do with design work. Early on in that course, I got confronted with that Photoshop thing again. So for web design, you obviously are using way different tools than you would use in photography and retouching. But I was curious about the program itself. As I had that camera, I thought to myself, okay, why not Photoshop my images if I have this program and it should make my images better, right? So as my images sucked and I had this magical application that everyone was talking about, I went full on into learning about what to do with images after they have been taken. And oh my, my images haven't gotten better in any way, even though I was thinking they were. I had tried every technique and trick on images I had with the intention to make them better. However, at some point I was realizing it was not the case. So what to do? Digging deeper into that Photoshop game? Well, obviously. As far as I remember, I was taking notes and posting post-its all over my monitor to remember all the steps of manipulating images. And all I did was basically following step-by-step -step instructions I found all over the internet. Needless to say, it hasn't really got me anywhere. My images were still subpar while I was spending tons of time in front of the computer. But hey, I could claim to be more knowledgeable about Photoshop than most of my friends. Well, those who had no real interest in photography nor in Photoshop. So at some point I was realizing this approach wouldn't get me anywhere and I was super unhappy with my results. I think some of you or most of you even can relate to this feeling. So instead of looking at Photoshop as the solution to get better images, I eventually started learning about photography. And by the time I had a much better understanding what I like to take pictures of and had learned a little bit about lighting. So I was back to a more technical approach to photography. And to this day, I like the challenge of playing with lights, finding solutions with the gear I have at hand. Today, I own quite some gear so that it is not as relevant uh, what I own because I have so much gear at hand. However, sometimes you don't have all your gear with you. You might shoot on location or you consider just packing what you can carry on your own. Then the challenge becomes much more obvious and you are back to solving problems again and to make things work for you. Over time I had gathered much better understanding of how light works. In a side note here, light behaves pretty much the same as audio waves do. Because waves are waves and physics are physics. And I could relate to that quite well, comparing it to the audio experiences I have made in the past. But something was still missing in my images. I could take reasonably good images, but still they were not looking as polished as they could be. And then there was still this Photoshop thing I used to play with. Well, like I had done before, I went back to the idea of trying to make my images better. As I then had learned more about photography and also about what I wanted to get out of the images, my approach had completely changed. Yet I still had to figure out a way how to get there. Somehow and somewhere I stumbled about a thing called high-end retouching. And it got me curious 
to invest further into this topic. As all those images were super, super polished, there had to be some techniques and tricks that I had not known of, right? So what was it that all those high-end retouchers did differently from me, considering myself a photoshopper? It really got me curious and I was venturing on to learn about what they might do differently. And you can believe me, I had spent quite some sleepless nights over it, trying to figure out what high-end retouching meant and what it was all about. At some point, I however noticed they are not using other techniques than ones I already knew, just in a somehow different way. But practicing all this was immensely time-consuming. I remember for it to take me up to two weeks to finish one single image while working on it every single night. Could this be it? Was that high-end retouching? And I have heard Photoshop gurus and Photoshop trainers who were selling techniques preaching that high-end retouching meant to spend all the time and care possible on an image. But now I know this is not true. Care, yes. Time not to their standards. In reality, nobody makes money spending up to like 16 hours for retouching one beauty image. If it takes you such an amount of time to finish an image, you simply are not there yet. You're not a high-end retoucher. But it took me up to two years to eventually realize that why I thought I could already consider myself a high-end retoucher. I now know better. Just knowing the techniques and spending the time does not make you a high-end retoucher. But the question remains, how do you actually get there? How can you become a high-end retoucher? So for me, while there were already plenty of tutorials on Photoshop out there, retouching tutorials were not really a thing by then, and material to learn from was quite hard to come by. And I would argue it still is. And one reason for that is that most tutorials do not teach you fundamentals and how to solve problems. They are only teaching you certain techniques. Another step-by-step -step recipe. My goal, however, was always reaching the top and becoming one of the best. But I still had no idea how to get there. But my passion for retouching was fueled. So I spent more nights practicing and practicing. And the one thing that allowed me to become better was to always question my abilities. So I kind of liked what I had done with an image when I was finished, but this feeling vanished quite quickly, realizing that I still had a long way to go. So I did tons of more research about techniques and my understanding of Photoshop slowly advanced. Being a very technical person, and having all the technical education really has helped me to understand what was going on, how filters worked in Photoshop, how pixels worked and how color worked. And also, I was constantly comparing myself to other researchers I liked. I admired them for the work that they did and I had the drive to become as good as they are, if not even better one day. And one day, all of a sudden, all seem to make sense. This experience is quite hard to explain, but it is like a switch was being flipped and all of a sudden I saw things I had never seen before. All of a sudden I saw all sorts of transitions within the skin, various tones, shades and colors. It somehow all fell together and I was wondering how this was possible. 
Why was I not seeing all this before? And to this day, I have no answer on why this happens and when this happens to a person, but it happens with many people and I know of many who had the same experience as they go through learning and training their eyes. I also have heard of people claiming of their superior color vision coming from accidents, but most likely it comes from practice. It is not a supernatural gift and it's not restricted to skin and photography. Once your vision and attention to color transients has changed, it has changed with everything. And just recently I had a friend asking me to help her with color management because she realized a mismatch in colors in her images throughout different platforms. I was telling her, maybe you have always done things potentially wrong but have not seen it until recently. She kind of refused to believe in that. It couldn't be. But one week later, she came back to me saying, I was right. She had been following my instructions for color management and had no issues anymore. And it must have been that she has not seen it before. Not the same way. And all of a sudden, things made sense for her too. So back to my retouching journey. As I knew about all the possible techniques that are used in high-end retouching, from there on, I basically knew what it takes to eventually become a high-end retoucher. I knew what to look for. I knew the techniques. And so most of my effort went into becoming faster and more efficient. So up until that time, I retouched my own images for the most part. But over time, my quality and efficiency increased And so did my confidence in myself. And I wanted to retouch for other people as well. I was fortunate to find some people allowing me to work on their images. And I wanted to prove myself worthy of it. Luckily, there were no deadlines and no pressure to deliver the images. And I would not have made any real world deadline by then. But after finishing the images, I had learned what other people expect from a retoucher. Because the retouching business not only consists of retouching, retouching is just a part of it. And the rest is marketing, a lot of client communication, understanding what your client wants from you and some other boring tasks. However, it all were valuable lessons to learn aside from practicing retouching. Now that I was confident about my skill level, Because my vision has changed in terms of how I see color and transient and because my retouching capabilities overall have increased over time, I was more confident to go out and look for client work. And over time, I managed to work on quite some interesting projects from high-end magazines to multinational ad campaigns, which I could off all by myself without having to outsource some of the tasks to other retouchers. So this is basically how I got into retouching. But it didn't stop there. I was always involved in different communities helping other people out. And over the past few years I have taught and mentored quite some people helping them to also achieve their goals. Also becoming retouchers working on high-end magazine stories like Vogue, Elle, Bazaar. And I've even mentored people who later on were fortunate to work on Nike advertising. And all these has kind of proved to myself that the knowledge I have gathered over time can be 
valuable to other people. And I also like seeing other people putting this information to work for themselves. And that was the reason why I initially started offering classes on my website, which is edgeworldretouch.com. And also I hope this podcast will be a contribution to other people to inspire them to give them more knowledge about retouching. So may it be just talking to other people about interesting topics or how they got into retouching, which experiences they have made, which clients experiences they have made. So you don't have to go through all of this. Yeah, overall, I just hope this podcast will be partially entertaining and partially inspiring, partially educational. So let's talk retouching is the theme of the podcast and I hope you will enjoy the upcoming episodes. So if you want to find more about how to learn retouching, I am about to build an educational platform on edgeworldretouch.com. At some point you will be able to go through classes, learn with other people and also get certifications to prove that you are skilled in the field of retouching. So guys, that was it. I'm going to get out of here. I really appreciate that you have stick around for this long. And I would also like to see you in the next episode. See you then. Bye bye.